You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast presented to you by Columbus News Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. I don't really know her like that. I make, you know, about two appearances uh, once a month. And for today, my AKA will be Watch What Happens When Bozos Lie. And I'm joined by my friend and my co-host. Hey everybody, it's Candice, uh, not so newlywed PC on all social media. I don't have an AKA, but before we get into the shows, I just want to say that in order to achieve a certain level of fame and wealth, you have to be morally bankrupt in some capacity. Your politics have to be classist in some capacity. You have to go completely against everything you say you stand for in some capacity. And I'm saying this to Lizzo because <gasps> I just I know what you're talking about because I just saw it. Not only has video have videos hit the internet of her begging Chris Brown to take a picture with her, saying he is her favorite person in the whole fucking world. A video of her schmoozing it up with Soldier Boy have is also flirting around the internet, and it just reminds me to. I want to remind you, if you listen to this and you are one of those weird ass stands who hides behind troll accounts and does weird shit when people criticize and critique your favorite celebrity, stop it. All of these people are fucking terrible in some capacity. There is no way to navigate an industry filled with capitalists, abusers and every fucking thing else. And you're not rubbing elbows with them. And nine times out of 10 is because your politics are saying you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. Um, I typically cringe and, and, and am bewildered at the amount of hate Lizzo gets for being um, a, a, a big woman, but not just a big woman, one that's not uh, shaped a certain way. Uh, yeah. You know, she, she's not shaped how they typically say big women have to be shaped to, to receive, you know, love and adoration. You know, she is kind of shaped funny. She she got a square booty. She got a gut. She's not real hippie, you know, stuff like that. Um, But any dragon she gets at this point, um, I'm just going to keep scrolling. I'm not going to join in on it. I'm not going to laugh at it. But I'm not going to comment on it in defense of her because we know Chris Brown to be an abuser. Legally, he has been labeled as an abuser. You are telling us your favorite person in the world is a fucking woman beater. And not just the Rihanna situation. Other women that he has messed with have come forward and said he is abusive. He, he gets yep. possessive, abusive, stalkerish. We have seen it happen. Um, that is his MO. And let me tell you, I don't have an issue with people having problematic faves. But shut the fuck up. <laughs> I still That's listen to some of Chris Brown music. You never see me defend Chris Brown. Not ever. I don't fuck with Soldier Boy in any capacity. I believe he should be in jail. 
And I'm very, very sorry to his victims that they were so afraid to, to seek justice because our system continues to fail women that you did not receive it. But he is a fucking abuser. Yeah. Also, um, I want to say, since we're here, um, a very big shame on you to those of you who dismiss that he is an abuser because you don't like Nia Riley. Um, that is not helpful. Um, that is not, um, uh, what's the word, contuitive to the fight for justice for victims of abuse. Uh, two things can be true at the same time. Nia might be a bozo, but she did not deserve to be abused by Soldier Boy. She did um, not deserve to have him kick her in the stomach while she was pregnant. She did not deserve to have him pull a gun on her when she was trying to leave that relationship, leave his home in totality. His, his former assistant did not deserve to have him put hands on her and she accused him of sexual assault as well. He's a horrible fucking person. And as a woman whose whose main theme is women empowerment, I think the optics look really fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. Well, not exactly the same, but it's just like, you know, Rihanna with, you know, first it was uh, Scam King, you know, and then, you know, who she dating, you know, who he has a history of, you know, very anti-black statements, very anti-black woman statements at that. And then Lord knows just recently her with, you know, that rap lady and her literal, like you said, legally, you know, registered abuser husband. So, you know, just the thing, you know, to kind of sum this up, to take what my friend is saying to take away is these people have class solidarity before anything else. They, no matter what they, don't, don't listen to what these niggas, don't listen to what they say, pay attention to what they do. Um, They have class solidarity before anything else. They don't have race solidarity. They don't have women solidarity. They don't have LGBTQIA solidarity. Their solidarity is to class and money and capital, and that's it. So take that with, so it, take that, accept that, and move around accordingly. Exactly. Fuck exactly. Um, there's no way you could have uh worked with Meg and you know, considering the, the situation she went through with Tory Lanes, um and you still find yourself pandering to well-known abusers. And I don't care if Rihanna forgave Chris Brown. That's her plight, that's her business. Uh, that's such a stupid argument that I that people have made. Because yeah, that's like, a stupid. Well, like, she forgave him, so why should I be upset? That don't just because she forgave him, and like you said, that's about that. Do not mean the nigga is still not an abuser, and also he kept abusing after her. Like what? Like nigga, it ain't just it ain't like he just abused her, and that's why he an abuser. I mean, yes, it started with her, but nigga, he kept abusing other women after her. Like what? That's just such a stupid argument from people. But it's people a very are stupid, stupid argument. Like I said, it is, we, at some point, in some capacity, we have problematic faves, and it's your decision to draw the line where you choose to draw the line. Um, I cringe when women fully embrace men who have a history 
of just being outlandishly violent and abusive to other women. It's documented, it's well known. I'm not saying you have to cuss Chris Brown out, but I would never want to be heard on camera saying, because you like my, literally my favorite fucking person in the world. I just wouldn't do that. Um, You know, I hope she continues to win, but it will be not due to my spins of her music. Um, Come on, bars. (laughs) I don't know. That man guilty. They found that man guilty. They found that man guilty. Mr. Uh, Robert Kelly and this man in the last ditch effort is saying if he going down he's sinking a whole ship good that's what we want you to do we want to know who else need to go to jail I was about to say don't don't threaten me with a good time nigga expose everybody take everybody Everybody down with you do that for us it's what we want it's what we need if it happens to be more famous people listen I got a lot of space left in my cancellation rafters I oh, can yeah. put a whole bunch more jerseys there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, you know, it ain't nothing to cut that bitch off for me, myself, personally. So it really ain't. It really ain't. Okay. And I think, like, just speaking for me, myself, personally, like, whenever people be like, well, if we cancel everybody, what are we going to watch? Who going to listen to? Like, bro, you can always find something else. It's really not that deep. <laughs> At least for me. At least for me, it's, let me just um, myself. It's, it's not. And the thing is, I give I give people certain grace where R. Kelly is involved because this man had his hand so deeply in a lot of music that there might be some shit you listen to that he had a hand in writing. Yeah. It might it, his influence might be there. I, and you don't know. I yeah. can't fault you for what you don't know. Because unless you're a super duper music buff. It's really hard to to pick up some of this because a lot of people were shocked to find out he wrote "You Are Not Alone" for Michael Jackson. Yeah, and the context of the art. Oh, ooh, Jesus, uh, disgusting. Mm. Yeah, continue, Frank. But a lot of people didn't know. But once you yeah. do know, what you do with it is up to you. But no, I don't expect every single person to know every single project song album music score and so on and so forth that this man had a hand in but the things you do know that he was involved in is what you can control is what you can control and you know that's that but if you are planning to sink the ship and take everybody with you i support that mission because there are a lot of people that should be in jail with you Okay, a lot of people should be in jail with Robert Kelly. Down to that old ass principal bitch who was letting him come into high school and pluck girls like fucking grapes. Right. The manager at the motherfucking McDonald's across the street from the school who was letting him sit his stupid ass in there and use the Wi-Fi when school was letting out. They can all go. I don't give a fuck. The road manager, the tour manager, the manager manager, the background singers, the this, the tour bus driver, the the cops in his pocket. I don't give a fuck. They can all go to jail. Penitentiary. Send, Send it up. Fuck it. Speaking of fuck it, Mona, I was just want to give a few thoughts on this season finale of Love and Hip Hop because I do have some good commentary. But what I want to say is you gave us these new people and showed us very little of them. Right. I got a problem with that. You gave us young baby Tate and you showed us a little bit. You gave us Rennie Rucci and you showed us a little bit. Meanwhile, we were stuck with these stupid ass 
old niggas we don't old care about. ass uh, fabricated ass storylines like we saw we saw a lot of jock for no reason we did we did not care we saw a lot of rashida and kirk did not care for goddamn show didn't care about that speaking of also in the vein of abusers and purpose we damn sure didn't care about that uh we got a lot of yandy and mortal Kombat. did not care did not care uh i wasn't too upset with the scrappy and bambi stuff um i will say i believe their marital issues to have been very real I believe the things that they were going to to have been very real. I believe what Scrappy was experiencing with his mental health to have been very real. Because I think we said it last episode, but things like relationship problems, money problems, housing problems, food problems. They are very real. They are very real. And they Especially can, in a pandemic. They, they can pull you into a depression. Especially I do, in a and an ongoing Pandorosa. Go ahead. Absolutely. Man. No, absolutely. You're right. They, we deep dead in the middle, still in this fucking Panini press. Panini and press. you are trying to figure out where your next check is coming from, how you'll support your home, how you give your wife the attention she needs, how you'll be a president accounted for with your kids while taking care of yourself mentally. So I, I absolutely feel for scrappy and i was uh rather surprised that he and bambi gave us the transparency we got this season because you know a lot of them type of people like to put on airs and make it seem like everything is perfect yeah and i felt like it was real but not overly dramatic like they wasn't giving me no lifetime movie network vibes but you could tell that they were in a in a weird transitional place in their marriage. And since we're here, I'm going to talk about them. Mama D, bitch, I thought you were supposed to be on the wagon. Remember <laughs> that season when she was drinking so motherfucking much she was in and out the hospital? And she was supposed to have stopped drinking or else she could potentially die. And she was supposed to be getting sober. Bitch, what happened to that? You just the same drunk bitch who can't keep your your son's business out your motherfucking mouth to save your life. Stay out that man business. Where is Ernest crackhead ass? Listen, bring Ernest back. Keep Mama D. Keep mama, they bring Ernest back. Stay out their business. What I was happy to see in their storyline, though, was him committing and her committing to getting better separately so they could get better together. Bambi said she wanted them both to go to therapy individually and as a couple. Yes, yes, yes. That's what needs to happen. Listen, everybody, especially if you're a couple, I don't even give a damn. I don't give a damn if y'all ain't even married yet. Get your ass in therapy individually and then get you some couples therapy. I, I love it. Love it. Love yeah, it. I love it. I mean, we have said not so nice things about Bambi, but what it she definitely, deserved. it de- what she deserved, but it definitely seemed like this season 
she just wanted to figure out what was the next phase of this marriage. Was they going to be together or was they going to get a divorce? I like that Scrappy stepped up to the plate and said, I have not been my best self in this marriage. I have not been my best self for you. I want to do better and I want to work through this. That's a hell of a different, that's a hell of a different approach than what the fuck we saw with Safari. Which that's a beautiful segue, friend. Wishing Bambi and Scrappy the best and they three bambinos. Uh three bambinos. <laughs> Wishing them nothing but the, the best moving forward. Hope things get a lot better for Scrappy mentally. Best, which we hey, gonna candy, which we which candy. we gonna which we gonna get to that man. I got a joke. <laughs> the ba- the bambino the bambino bando. <laughs> <laughs> um Erica Minnie, you make it hard to root for you in any capacity. I always has. Because you don't need to be married to anybody until you take a page out of Bambi's book and get better for yourself. You are not well. And hasn't been and, for quite some time. And when Safari said that in arguments, you throw things, you try to hit him, you try to pick up sharp objects and shit like that, you are an abuser. And Safari is an abuser. He is a he he abuses emotionally and mentally. Because he's a big ass child. You are a physical abuser. Yeah. Domestic violence nasty, is a huge Yeah, and domestic violence is a big no-no for me. Because not a lot of times domestic abusers never intend to go so far as to kill their partner until they have killed their partner. They black out in fits of rage. And then one day they just go absolutely to the abyss with it and kill their partner. Picking up sharp objects and and wielding them against your partner, throwing things at them and shit like that. That is domestic violence. It is. And I don't know know anything aside from you catching Safari abusing your kids does not warrant you being a physical abuser. You need help. He needs help. But you two stupid motherfuckers are helpless and hopeless. And stay the fuck off my TV screen. Correct. Y'all not even from Atlanta. Y'all not even from there. Stay the fuck off my TV screen. And I mean that. Kirk and Rashida. Everything that you have gotten with the busted bistro. (laughs) You have absolutely deserved. Because Kirk and Rashida's kids are not older experienced restaurateurs who know how to run a restaurant we Jalen got a little leeway because for I believe when he went to school it had something to do with project management but we talking about y'all didn't took y'all two three or four fucking kids no formal education no no skill training 
not trained in any type of trade, very young, and put these four stupid motherfuckers in charge of your brand new restaurant that you have sunk all this fucking money into. You had the blind leading the fucking blind. And this is what happened when you cheap, stupid, lazy, and don't want to pay your own people who have experience. They didn't damn near ran that bistro in the fucking ground. That's also what happens when you ain't got shit else to do. And you, you know what the you know what gets on my nerves about you motherfuckers? I have come, and I'm I sometimes I get sad that I've come to these realizations. But we live in a country, we live in a world, no matter where you go. I don't care if it's not in the United States. No matter where you go as a Black person, you live in a world where nobody wants to help or save you. And literally, we only have each other at this point. You motherfuckers will throw money down the drain instead of investing in your own fucking communities. Instead of taking that money and helping to provide aid to people who really need it, y'all throw money at the fucking wind for a fucking bistro that's not a bistro. That wasn't that nobody is going a to hood, any goddamn way. That is a hood bar. That is a neighborhood hole in the wall. When they all build a neighborhood hole in the, wall, hole in the walls. Especially I'm, I'm, in that location specifically. Like, I know where it is. Like, nigga, there, when I tell you there's so much better shit that, that you can go to right around there that you don't have to go to no fucking bistro that's not a bistro. Like you exactly. said, like, nigga, it's a, like, nigga, right across from the goddamn bistro. Like, it's, like, it's a goddamn, like, it's some buildings and shit that's, you know, that with gentrification that people don't got kicked out their homes and shit. Black people, like you said, they could have invested that goddamn money back into the community instead of this bullshit. I don't even, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Y'all always telling us these side stories about coming from fucking nothing and you get something and you don't do nothing for real. Some you came from money. nothing and you don't do fucking nothing. Somehow the, the money that you have acquired somehow, try, somehow funnels its way back into things that were harming the very nothing that you came from, such as the police. And you and then you funnel money into white people's pockets. Again, I, I like designer labels too. I can be honest. But with the type of money that Kirk and Rashida have claimed to seem, it feels like they have only <laughs> found ways, they have only found ways to buy designer shit and do things to put money right back in their pocket. I love what I love how you do claim in there. Because <laughs> you never know for I ain't they accountants. I don't know for real. I just know what I see. Yeah. But y'all don't do nothing with it. So it's, you know, it's weird. But good. Y'all fired all them children. Good for you. But that fucking restaurant still going to fail. It is failing now. I think I seen the the um the ratings for that shit. Like the other day, I think that shit like, what, a 2.7 or some shit like that? See? I have to check. I have to check again. But last time I looked at that, she was like a two point seven, two point six. Ain't nobody going in that shit. Exactly. Yeah, you'd be better off going to goddamn uh old lady game with that them high salt ass greens. Exactly. Uh, this little man's Kirk. 
not you sitting there crying because your kids is ungrateful. I'm not trying to be funny, right? I'm not trying to be funny. But kids being ungrateful is a part of the learn is a part of kids being kids. I know I had ungrateful moments with my mother, both as a, a child and probably as a young adult. You crying buku fucking buckets of fucking nasty Mr. Hanky to Christmas poo fucking tears. Then crying up 10W30. Crying the same oil slick tears that Michael Jordan cry. I just, they don't pray, fucking appreciate me. I just feel like packing everything up and getting the fuck. Cause what the fuck, man? Like well, I put everything on, and I did everything. And I, Shut your Netflix special, terrible fucking black exploitation tear crying ass the fuck up. Yeah, I ain't care about none of that shit. The bustro. That's what I'm calling it now. The bustro. All right. All right. Nobody give a fuck about them kids fucking up the bustro. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care at all. Um, I don't give a fuck about nothing going on with Carly Red. Uh, I don't know nothing else that happened after that, to be honest. And that's all I got on that. I don't give a fuck about Jock and his son because uh, this was all about a check. Um, get us some new people. It's time. Like if the Housewives franchises don't have a problem swapping out motherfuckers when it when it's time, neither should you, Mona. We have seen Carly Red, Young Jock, Rashida, Kirk, and them motherfuckers on our TV screen for a long time now. Give us some fresh blood. Give us some new blood. Y'all storylines is done. Wrap it up. Speaking of wrapping it up, Salt Lake City, I want to, I want Mary Cosby to go to hell. <laughs> she is very much a pick me. She is very much a victim of internalized misogyny she very much sat her stupid funny looking poorly dressed ass on our tv and kept referencing to the the genitals of women that her son are, is not even fucking with that's weird well if it smell like fish bitch you it must smell like fish between them little trout legs you got mm. it might not smell like hospital but it damn sure smell like you need to go see the gyn because I, as a woman, I've never thought to myself to sit up and keep referencing a, another, the next woman or young woman's, you know, private part stinking. Your son never brought that to you. Your son not talking to you about sex. Why are you trying to force a conversation with him about the genitals of women that he's not sleeping with? He was very weird. And as a fucking pastor, as somebody who owns a whole fucking church, mm-hmm. if you know that um reproductive health amongst women is an issue why aren't you on your platform setting up clinics and such and so on for for young women who may not have access to get seen by gyn to make sure that their sexual and reproductive health is okay and and is healthy well to answer your uh, question friend the reason that mary not doing that because the (laughs) it's because she done like bitch you are stupid and weird and creepy and just a bozo in general and speaking of a bozo friend um jen and lisa no the uh the new girl and her husband. oh janine yeah 
this woman said that she had nine miscarriages and three c-sections and this man looked at her with a straight fucking face and basically said so what i want more kids yeah that was very cringe and uncomfortable to watch yeah men are very much straight men are very much more brain dead than not that was definitely uh go ahead i'm sorry there is absolutely first thing let me tell you as a woman who has had two c-sections every time you have a c-section the likelihood of you experiencing complications during childbirth that could lead to your death or baby's death or both, they keep going up every time you have a C-section. Like, come on, the fact that you are sitting in your wife's face telling her she should risk it again, that is fucking ridiculous. It just goes to show that men, straight men in particular, like you said, uh, generally speaking, uh, we have the um emotional intelligence and just the common sense intelligence of a doorknob because that was incredibly insensitive incredibly tone deaf and honestly if she would have slapped the shit out of him i would not have i i, I would have i wouldn't have felt the way Dang. speaking of needing the shit slapped out of him i wonder what type of dicks y'all are smoking to believe anything jen shaw has to say <laughs> It is, it is so easy to catch this woman in the lie, yet y'all eat up everything she's fucking saying. I want to understand. That motherfucker said. <laughs> that motherfucker said, even though it was her, even that motherfucker said, just because it's my Twitter, that don't mean that it's me that's tweeting. Girl, I, mm, I, mm, mm, mm. So you just so you just gonna call me a nigga to my face, huh? You just gonna piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining. Okay, bet cool. Exactly. And I'm glad that Meredith came to confront Jen and say what I have been thinking for several episodes. Your actions do not align with your words. There is absolutely no way that one, you are pro-LGBTQIA when you have made it a point to not only like and reshare but laugh at anything regarding what you assume to be Brooke's sexuality. And I say assume because he has not confirmed his sexuality. And he shouldn't and have ar- to. And the argument, uh, and then she, uh, the bitch is dumb because she tried to, <laughs> because she tried to throw it back in Meredith's face talking about, well, I don't handle my Twitter. Someone handles it for me. Meredith says, girl, somebody handles my Twitter too, but I also have no common sense to to double check and make sure they are not doing anything that doesn't align with my values and ideals and if they are one i'm scrubbing it and and removing it and two they no longer handling my twitter no more meredith told jen asked jen did she remember what was said at the reunion and such that if jen continued to speak negatively and make disparaging comments and remarks about marks that she would never be her friend again and, um, you know, she has, and I, I support Meredith standing 10 toes down on this. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Meredith's son, but I'm a fan of people in the community allowing to being a lot, being able to have the privacy about how they identify if they choose to identify and not having old ass bigots who sat on a mama couch with no drawers on 
talking shit on the internet. I hope Meredith continues to stand on this. Like I, I really do. Because ain't no fucking way. Ain't no fucking way she should have to back down and play nice with a bitch who is constantly or has allowed somebody who runs her social media to constantly be bigoted towards them. I'm not going to play with you about my kids ever. And let me, and this was the, this was a read. I had to, I had to find this one piece because it really like Meredith read the shit out of Jen. She said, those are negative homophobic microaggressions for a young adult who has not determined where he stands. And it's horribly painful for someone to be pressured to talk about something that they're not ready to talk about. That, that, that was very, it was succinct and to the point because it's true. Because, and the other thing is, like, Jen is not only the, the queen of lies, she's also the queen of false equivalencies. Yep. That, that boy did not talk about your vagina. He said that it is weird that you are doing this. Like, which it is weird. He didn't call your vagina stank. He didn't, he didn't say nothing about your body. He said, why are you as an adult coming over to someone's house with no drawers on, having your pussy on somebody's couch? That is what he said. That And that is very true, reasonable. And anybody with sense would say that, child or adult. Because, girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Got your goddamn filet on the goddamn, on somebody's goddamn sheets. Girl, what is wrong with you? Got your goddamn secretions on the sequin. Girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. And I, I feel like y'all are so desperate to be friends with a bitch who about to go to jail. Also that. Why? Who fucking cares? Jen has not been a good enough friend to anybody on this show. We literally saw Jen and Heather have a conversation where Heather was damn near in tears because Jen compared her to a manatee. <laughs> which she has talked shit about heather she has talked shit about lisa she has talked shit about meredith and meredith's family she like she has content mary she's talked shit about mary she has talked shit about everyone on this show so i'm just very curious to what she has on y'all that y'all are, are damn near begging and pleading to be friends with somebody who can't manage to not talk about you like a dog behind your back and we're not talking about no her having a conversation saying, oh, girl, Lisa was wilding at that party, wasn't she? No, we're talking about you calling somebody a fucking manatee, a whale. We're talking oh, about somebody who's talking, saying nasty things about somebody's sexuality and then lying, talking about, oh, well, I don't run my social media account. So you would hire a social media account manager who's bigoted and is keeping you in type of all hot, hot water? Right. And you're not cutting ties with them. Sounds like you endorsing it, beloved. I'm looking forward to the rest of this season because I don't know if this is Bravo, Andy, or who is having a part in this. But like I said last week in the previews, we see where they try to, Whitney tries to allude to the fact that Meredith uh, called the feds on Jen and again, that's not how federal indictments work. That's not they how just fe- they just really they just really fell out really big big at the reunion. And you would think you think that she contacted the feds, the feds took it serious. 
they investigated her in five to six months, pulled all the information they needed, and then indicted her. Not only is Jen's uh, case include her, it, it includes several people around her. So that means that the feds were investigating Jen and this, this scam in this operation for a long fucking time if they've identified her and two other people as being the ringleaders and then a whole bunch of other little motherfuckers underneath them that's years and years of investigating and digging that's years and years of following paper trails this did not happen did this took far longer than a year this was not an overnight process i mean oh you know what i'm gonna take it a step further than that friend i'm gonna take it a step further than that even though you know, I agree with you that it's ludicrous and ridiculous to think that Meredith tipped off the feds. Let's say she did. So the fuck what? Like, I, like that's my thing. Like, it's ridiculous to think that she did. But if she did, so the fuck what? Jen was scamming like shit. Like, <laughs> like, am, like am I supposed to feel a way towards Meredith because it, she allegedly might have tipped and snitched off to the feds to someone that was doing the shit that Jen was doing? Because I'm sorry, but you're not fit to get me to look at Meredith for side away for that shit because fuck Jen. <laughs> shit. It's in, in, in the words of that gift from goddamn Kim Kardashian, it's what she deserves. It's absolutely what she deserves. Worst of luck to like, you. Because what, what you're not going to do and I think this is the angle that they're trying to go with this storyline for this season, and I already hate it. What you're not finna do is sit here and get me to act like Meredith is the worst person in the world for allegedly tipping off the feds to Jen when Jen, one, is herself, and two, Jen is doing the shit that she's doing. That's what you're not finna do. You're not finna sit here and make Meredith the villain on that show when Jen is literally right there. Jen and Lisa, honestly. Which, that leaves me, oh shit. <laughs> which but which speaking of leads me to another damn thing jen and lisa's alliance is the weirdest most pathetic shit of loser bitches i've ever goddamn seen well at least top five on reality tv because what the fuck is this what no seriously what what do you stand to gain lisa by campaigning for this this sorry ass bitch tell us tell us I would like to know, because Meredith has been nothing but a great friend. Y'all have been friends way before this damn show. They've been friends, what, damn, like, what, 20 years or some shit like that? Yeah. And you have damn near thrown all of this away for a crazy motherfucker that you just met to yesterday, essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. While you claiming to be this strong mama bear who fiercely protects her cubs, and you don't understand why Meredith want to knock the motherfucking Botox out of Jen's face. Right? They was over there boxing at the bistro and Meredith want to be boxing with the Botox. Showtime. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. You are ridiculous. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. Like, I just don't understand, Lisa. Like, you want to be such a dumb man, ride so hard for this. Maybe it's because you see yourself in Jen, because y'all both two some loser-ass bitches, to be honest. Oh, my God. Too far? <laughs> okay, cool. However, <laughs> I did not lie. No, you did not. <laughs> Lisa, the loser in you sees the loser in Jen. That's why you campaigning so damn hard. True. 
I don't get it, but I need both of y'all to get the fuck off my TV screen. Please. That's what I need you to do. Thank you so much. Uh, that's all I have for Salt Lake City. You know? I don't have no more, but I want to get to Potomac uh, because <laughs> first things first. Speaking of loser bitches. Ooh. So, this episode was my episode for many, many reasons. And we'll we'll talk about the um the back and forth on Twitter with Mia and Ascali, and Ascali ate Mia ass up so much so yes, that Mia did. deleted her tweets and started talking about that was her social media uh manager saying shit like that. Mm-hmm. She pulled uh, a Jan Shaw. Yeah, we're gonna get there. But they invite the ladies to this uh shady reasonably shady uh backyard uh wilderness bullshit barbecue brunch bullshit that at Giselle's trap house and and so first of all I don't give a fuck about Giselle should have broke both legs for all I (laughs) care um but for me not 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 lieutenant Giselle (laughs) for me it should have been for telling somebody I you can't use the bathroom in my house that is a motherfucking construction clusterfuck. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. Nobody wants to use an outhouse, Giselle. <laughs> like not a single soul. Like she really hey, what can I say, girl? We ain't in your house, we in your driveway. Like, what is you talking about? And I do want to. I want to say that I. I feel like the the drama between Wendy and Karen was fabricated because they just magically getting along too perfectly now. Yeah, that you could say that was just some shit. Just that was just that was that was Bravo being Bravo. Also, why would y'all? Why y'all trying to make it seem like Karen stole the candle idea from Wendy? Like motherfuckers didn't all start taking up fucking candle making during the pandemic. Right here, didn't actually have a damn candle. I could tell you about five or six motherfuckers from social media who started making candles during the fucking pandemic, and they smell good because I did order some. Just want to let y'all know I was support small black businesses. But let's not act like making candles is the original idea of all ideas that somebody got stolen from them. And if Karen was so far in her candle line that she's that is packaged, got a theme, got a label, got a this, she was she was way ahead of whatever Wendy's trying to do. And I agree with Karen saying, hey, it's enough space in the home goods uh, area for us to all make some money because Lord knows white folks did it. Rachel Ray was doing it. Uh, What's the one bitch that went to jail that fuck that Snoop Dogg be fucking? Uh, Martha Stewart. Uh, Martha Stewart, yeah. Giada De Laurenta, motherfucking Emerald Lagasse, motherfucking the Pioneer Lady, motherfucking. Let me get a motherfucking. Uh, like we could go A to Z, but it's it's a lot of space in home goods and lifestyle for many many black people. We got to stop having that crab in the barrel mentality. Like only one black person can do something at a time. What uh? What Curtis used to say? A lot of people great. home stink, so everybody could use some candles. <laughs> right. What Curtis used to say, uh, it's a it's enough grits for everybody. Absolutely. 
Hey, absolutely. Bring your chow bowl. Hello. Throw in a little shrimp. You know, niggas love shrimp and grits. See me. I'm niggas. I want to get to the meat potatoes because Candace gets there finally late, but she gets there. Mm-hmm. Mia's there. Escali is there. You know, everybody's there. I would like to know why you light-skinned bitches don't think it's okay for y'all to be as shady and messy as fucking possible, but now Wendy is a goddamn two-headed snake because she told Candace what the fuck Mia was doing. <laughs> like, help me, help one thing, me understand. One thing about that shade, baby, it's turns as the shade turns. I want to make something very, very fucking clear. If I don't know you like that, there is absolutely no fucking reason for you to be sitting up trying to have a conversation with my mother about my marital life and my finances, which she don't even fucking know about because we don't, she's not doing shit for us anymore. Hello. Ever since she went on a world tour telling everybody that she was paying a mortgage on that condo, it seems like Chris and Candace have totally separated themselves financially from Dorothy. Which good. Cause she was being Which good, contr- absolutely. And Chris- I appreciated Chris Bassett checking the fuck out of Dorothy and telling her, you have never paid a bill that said Chris Bassett on it. Hello. Hello. Which I like because, again, far be it for me to take up for a white man, especially in 2021 of things. However, like, I don't understand this plan, Chris, as if, like, he just, like, a bum. Like, I don't understand it. Like, Nigga, owning a, a not only owning a, a restaurant, but a successful one at that. And is, catering. And, and like, you not a bum doing that. Now, is he quote unquote broke compared to some other people? Probably sure. Yeah. But the motherfucker is not a bum. <laughs> like, also, I, also, friend, let's remind that Chris and Candace said that Candace does not pay Chris. For the work he does as her fucking manager. He is working for his wife for the fucking free free. She is not paying him. Yeah. So, like, I don't but understand. Even, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go. friend. Like, you I, to say what I think you're saying. You're like, I just do not understand this, like, pile on Chris. Like, he just this bum. Man. Basically, I don't get trying to treat Chris like he's fucking Kendu Isaacs. I do not understand it. Like, I just, uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. It, it was a, it was a no for me, and it was I was absolutely mortified that y'all felt like Wendy was the problem in this situation. Karen sidestepped that conversation. Wendy sidestepped that conversation. The two the two biracial bozos admitted they engaged in that conversation with Dorothy being messy. They said it was shady. Yeah, biracial bozo. That's hilarious. Continue, friend. They said it was done shadily. But you expect us to believe Mia, who don't really know nothing about Candace, was doing it out of care and fucking concern? Girl, get the fuck. Get the fuck. That's all I got to say is get the fuck. I, mm-mm. It, it, was, it was rude. What Mia did was rude. It was nasty. Okay. And 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 my thing is, my thing is, and you y'all know where I'm finna go because I say this all the time when we talk about these bozos. But it bears repeating: if you're gonna fuck around 
Fuck around exponentially. If you're gonna be a messy bitch, stand up and be in a messy bitch. Don't half step. Stand up in it. Stand up in it. Say it with your chest. Own it. Right. Say it with your full titty. And then when Candace checked me about it, and as Candace said, money and finances is my trigger, which we know. We know from seeing Candace on the show and how we Dorothy know, dangles yeah. how Dorothy dangles money over Candace's head like a carrot. So I know that money is one of her triggers. From the wedding to Condogate and so on to the hair business that they own, Dorothy always dangles her money in her daughter's face to keep her in check. So yes, I absolutely understand money being one of Candace's triggers. But you have not been friends with Candace enough to know that before you went being trifling. And you got checked and you fucking deserved it. You absolutely deserved it. And I absolutely appreciate Wendy telling her because I don't want to be friends with somebody who would do that within months of meeting me. Hello. We don't have that type of rapport. Like, girl, I don't know you and you don't know me. So what are we doing? And I and I think she her feelings was hurt that even Robin and Giselle engaged in it. But those are two of the bitches that you cannot give any ammo because once they know they hurt your feelings, they're going to continue to try to tap dance on those feelings. See, yeah. Wendy. But I, I feel like in my heart of hearts, Candace regrets siding with Giselle and Robin with the Monique shit. I, I bet she wishes they had just sat down and worked through that instead of letting Giselle and Robin get in her ear. Mm. Because they don't have any loyalty to anybody, not even each other. Right. If I'm also... I'm going to say the Dorothy shit, no matter how you spin it, if we just becoming friends or if we've been longtime friends, that was very fucking nasty to do to Candace at that fucking video shoot. And like I said, as we saw, Karen and Wendy sidestepped that fucking conversation. They didn't give it no energy. Mm, that's crazy. I'm going to go over here and get some water. They didn't violate. And Mia, I have some hopes for you just because Karen brought you into the scene, but I hope this is your one and only season. You're a try hard. You try too fucking hard. You want to be a mean girl, but you really don't have mean girl energy because as soon as you start talking shit, calling Candace video shoot low budget and this, that, and the third, as soon as she said your mama low budget, it looked like all the wind got knocked out you. Mm -hmm. Which, can we also bring up the fact that Mia, you a piece of shit for manipulating using your mama for a storyline because you really ain't got one? Absolutely. Because, girl, your mama got some real problems and issues that need to be addressed and resolved that don't involve these fucking cameras for this messy ass goddamn show. Because you yourself even said you ain't even spoke to your mama in 84 goddamn years. Now all of a sudden you don't you bring her around for a damn storyline and a check because you ain't got shit else going on. Exactly. And you trying to goddamn hard to have a place on this fucking show. You have brought nothing. Zero. 
Now, Wendy was doing a lot last season, too, but at least Wendy had other tangible things going on that warranted her being on the show and coming back for another season. You, Mia, do not. Yep. Absolutely. You are trifling. As fuck. And you trying to start an argument with a scholar after she's being the voice of reason, which, again, let's Let's get into this drag because I cannot believe a bitch with the worst finances on this fucking show mm. is always in other people's financial business, Robin mm. Dixon. Bitch, mm. your best friend robbed you and won motherfucking blind, committed suicide. Bitch, you brought in a media and would talk to that man from the grave and he said he did not feel bad about scamming y'all out all y'all motherfucking money. You need to mind your finances, boo-boo. Because motherfuckers think you pussy from the grave. Mm. I mean, points were not, point, points were made. Lies were not told. Your miserable ass has been digging at all the, not all the other women. Y'all have found a new person to pick on because Monique is gone. Let me say that. Let me break down what I mean, friend. They remember when Candace first came to Potomac and Giselle and Robin tried to pick on Candace, but Monique stood up for her. Yeah. And then you remember how, as they found more and more about Candace's life, they felt like she wasn't a threat. Cause we're talking about a 20, a 30 something year old woman marrying a broke white man with multiple baby mamas and her mama is paying for her wedding and her mama is paying for the condo they live in. This bitch is no threat to us. And they backed off and then tried to make her an ally against Monique. Well, now Monique is gone. Who's the next most successful darker woman on that show? Wendy. Wendy. It's no coincidence that as soon as as soon as Monique is gone, y'all immediately shift y'all focus to Wendy and are nitpicking her to fucking death about everything. Y'all bringing up cheating rumors like y'all did with Trainer Gate. Y'all commenting on her looks. Y'all commenting on her family. Y'all commenting on her having substance. It's no coincidence to me that y'all have turned y'all vitriol towards Wendy. Because Wendy is a, th- is a threat to be in the top spot on that show. Because Monique surely came to fucking the door and became uh, one of the top champagne glass holders on that show. Yeah, as soon has- as they ushered Cherise bummy ass out the door and Monique in, <laughs> yeah. Monique became a fan favorite immediately. Mm-hmm. And she and became a fan. We she became a fan favorite one because uh while she could absolutely be annoying as fuck, um, like extremely annoying as fuck. Uh generally speaking, she was a breath of fresh air from the uh the biracial bozos, like you said. Like and she he, was she was one of three women on the show that was actually a housewife. Also that. Also that. Monique came in the door and threatened y'all spots. So y'all worked actively to continue to try to turn her into the villain of the show. Monique is gone. Now y'all are magically focused on Wendy, who y'all treated as an ally last season. Mm-hmm. While y'all was talking shit about Karen, y'all dragged Wendy into that. When, when Monique and Candace had their big blowout, y'all dragged Wendy into that. When Candace was mad at Karen for not choosing sides, y'all dragged Wendy into that. 
but now magically on this season where there's no Monique, y'all are trying to drag Wendy to hell, forgetting the forgetting the BBL and some new titties. Some nice new titties, by the way. Y'all are threatened by darker women who are successful and can give y'all a run for y'all's money. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. We can be honest about that. And for that last question Robin had, again, nitpicking at Wendy for no reason. Like, and my thing is, that shady is that, shady, the shady damn question, mean Christian, but then get mad when Wendy snap your goddamn uh, wig off. Like, I don't understand it. You can't be a villainous bitch and a weak bitch at the same time. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. And, you know, telling people they can't use the bathroom in your house and Wendy saying, I'm supposed to be jealous of this. Also, Wendy never spoke about Giselle's house. Karen did. But jealous of that trap house that you're trying to piece together like some Legos? Like, girl, that is a bando. A bando that you've been working on since, what, season three? Something. Season Something four, like maybe? Yeah, Either way, nobody's, like je- nobody's jealous of that. What I did enjoy was the way that Wendy shaded you and Giselle shaded Giselle and Robin the fuck down to the point where Giselle tried to put Wendy out of her house. And Wendy like, girl, I could get, I've been put out of better backyards, bitch. And Karen saying, Karen saying, now this, I know this bitch stupid. We are not in nobody's house, girl. We're in a drive-thru. I just, it was funny to me because Wendy has arranged a couple's trip and she did not invite Robin and she told Giselle she could bring herself and her luggage. And Robin is in the confessional all but in fucking tears. See, I'm glad to see that's how Wendy feels about me. I'm glad to know it. You the same bitch that was calling her weak and kikiing because you didn't invite her to your birthday dinner and you not inviting her to your wedding and she don't have no substance and she this and she that. Why would somebody who you have tried to pick apart every time you came across our TV screen want to invite you on anything that they are sponsoring or throwing? Exactly. Because she, because Robin ain't got but two, listen, Robin ain't got but two rutabagas swirling around in her goddamn head. Brain smooth in a motherfucker. Listen, brain, brain, <laughs> listen, brain smoother than goddamn sequence sheets, Lord. I tell you, we're speaking of Robin. She was on Watch What Happens Live um, after this episode that we we're discussing um, uh, went off, and she's she had probably one of the dumbest responses to criticism I have ever heard because fans said that why. They asked, why doesn't she understand why Wendy was so upset with her and Giselle about the rumors about her and Eddie when she was upset in season two about the rumors, when Ashley brought up the rumors about her, about one, seeing other people, and she know her. And you know, do you know what this dumb motherfucker said? What, friend? This stupid motherfucker said that the difference is in season two, I didn't know what I was signing up for, and I got blindsided. In season whatever what this is, what six something like that. Mm-hmm. In this season, um, 
Wendy knew what she was signing up for because it's been so many seasons, so she should be used to it and have thicker skin. Robin, what the fuck sense does that make? Bitch, shut up. Girl, you 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 got a you got a pair of goddamn pliers up those where your brain's supposed to be because girl, what the fuck kind of goddamn logic? Oh, well, the difference between that is I didn't know what I was signing up for. She does. What? Huh? Like you at your goddamn advanced age had not seen a housewives show before you got on Potomac? What? Like what? Because even if you knew what you know, quote unquote, knew you was get, what you was getting into in season two, that still didn't make what Ashley did. Okay, so what the fuck are you talking about? Period. You're dumb as all hell, girl. God damn. You are a loser, bitch. Loser. And a wannabe bully. Why you want to be a victim? And it don't work like that. Which speaking of. Mia took to Twitter to tweet how Escali lives with her, is wearing designer fashions while living with her mama and some other shit. And Escali took to Twitter to say, well, sis, I moved my mom with me because she wanted to help me raise my children. Unlike you, I don't have a complicated relationship with my mother or my mother-in-law. Mia then says, I throw, I shade. I don't get nasty. Bringing up my mother was nasty. Ascali let the tweet stick. Next thing you know, Mia come back with some with a with a um with a with an Instagram note talking about some. I don't run my own social media. The person who was running my social media said those things. They've been let go. I would never say some some of the stuff they said and blah blah blah. Nah, bitch, you thought you was finna get you an easy W off of Scully. Mm-hmm. And you, you lost. Thought she, you, you thought she was pussy. That's what you thought. And you got more than what you bargained for. Again, for a bitch who got all these mama issues, she sure don't have a problem saying and doing shit with people's parents on the show. Mm-hmm. If your mama you. is a trigger for you, you would think you would shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Come on with but it. But you don't. Like you were just said, me. let's be clear. I don't live with my mother. My mother lives with me. She moved in to help care for her grandkids. That's what a mother does when she loves you. We're not Ooh. all working on our relationship. Sorry, sis. Be blessed. Ooh. Chef's kiss. Ooh. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just, just had the right amount of parsley on that reed. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, it was mm, fresh mm. parsley, not that dry stuff. Mm, mm, right. Just beautiful. Mm. Love it. Take me off this goddamn show and bring Skyly on. Please. Because we need please. a voice of reason that will also drag you. That's what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't remember the previews. Is the previews for today's show? Is it the, the final vow renewal for Karen and Ray? I think so, yes. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. My good sis, shout out to Brooke, the Brooke Ashley. 
from the Brooke Ashley on YouTube. Check out some of her. Um, she covers everything Real Housewives from Beverly Hills to Orange County to, you know, Atlanta, Potomac, and so on and so forth. But our good sis, Salt Lake City, our good sis Brooke made a valid point in that Karen has not had a storyline this season. <laughs> Can we be honest? Karen had a storyline for a couple of seasons now. <laughs> yeah, and if that's the case, move Karen to friend of the show. Yeah. Which, honestly, I feel like she would do better. Because, I mean, the thing is, she hasn't had a storyline, but she also hasn't been bad. But if you're going to be on this show, you need a storyline. Like, the talent that Karen is doing as a core member with no storyline can be better suited, if not elevated, by just have, being her friend of the show. A, a, a senior, you know, no pun on her age, but a, a, a elder statesman, legacy friend of the show i think that would be great for her me too like she can be she can come in when she want to she can shade giselle down where she deserves and go on about her business i agree friend i agree because karen um, i love you but girl you ain't had a goddamn thing to do for about two seasons on <laughs> not a damn thing you got your your vaccine and that's pretty much all I fucking remember this season and that fabricated bullshit with you and Giselle. Exactly. But we've had some real, some real drama going on down in Huntsville. Uh, if we were to pick up where we left off, Tisha went and told Marceau everything Tiffany said. I just want to say something. If you can't pillow talk with your bitch, who can you pillow talk with? <laughs> pillow and penis, don't they go together? If you can't pillow talk with your man without it leaving the confines of your own room between y'all, what the fuck? Because then Marcel and Tisha had a conversation. And Marceau was basically like, I didn't say it how they brought it to you, but I do think there's something going on. I do think you have a tendency to take with somebody who doesn't know a goddamn thing about us and, and hold it as priority over what I say. I do think there's some truth to it, but I think they're both holding out in that. I do think he cheated on Tisha before. Yeah. Which is why she does come across so insecure. But it's the it's the putting on a facade for me. Yeah. Like on a show that is genuinely as raw and real as this, we don't need that fake shit, bro. Like let get to the root. Get to the Mar meat and potatoes. Tisha told Marceau she wanted to do a, a vow renewal. Ooh, excuse me, everybody, boy. I've been up all morning. She wanted to do a vow renewal in Vegas, and Marceau told her, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. he, said, he said no, and I believe he had a valid reason for saying no in that they aren't on the same page. And when he does it, he wants to do it privately amongst people that they're really close to, because I had to take a step back and be like, these are friends, but let's remember, friend, the, the Holtz are, just started back speaking to the Scots. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm talking about they really weren't that damn cool last season. They really started speaking back to them after uh, Mel and Martell started going through their divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lewis and Tiffany are new. They don't really know Destiny like that because Destiny was too busy hiding her divorce. Yeah. And Destiny was Mel's friend. Remember? Yeah. Mel and Martell's friend, should I say. So she don't know too much about uh, Marceau and um, Tisha. And then we have Kimmy and and Maurice. And Kimmy and Tisha not even on that good of a a foot right now. Yeah, which is mostly Tisha's fault. Yeah. So, like, why would I want to renew my vows in front of people that... We have strained relationships with. Yes, exactly. Then this bitch Tisha then went to Lewis and Tiffany room and they didn't talk to her into doing exactly what Marceau asked her not to do. But you don't see why he feels like you insecure and people outside of y'all marriage easily get in your head because he said, no, I don't want to do this. And you let Tiffany and Lewis, wide hip Lewis, Uncle Lurch looking Lewis, talk you into going against your husband's wishes. Like, come on, sis. Like that ass. Come on. If somebody, what's with you and trying to do this again? This is how I know y'all having some marriage, some marriage turmoil because you keep having to surprise this man with shit. Surprise therapy, a surprise vow renewal. That's telling me that you don't have the type of communication and rapport with your own husband where y'all can discuss these things and decide the wins, where's, and how's together. Yeah. Like, girl, you afraid to talk to your nigga? And got to the chapel to just to have egg on your fucking face. Like, come on. I was embarrassed for you, Tisha. Embarrassed that you care so little about how Marceau feels that you would listen to two motherfuckers who seem to only be there to stir up mess. Like, girl, absolutely not. No. And I think, and friend, did you get the vibe that Mel is only there to stir up shit after the way Tisha treated her last season when she kept saying, I'm not you? Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't think she there because she interested in being friends with Tisha and rebuilding a friendship. I think she knows. She, just, she, she better knows, be shady. Yeah, I think she knows there's some shit going down in their marriage, and she won a front row seat for it. Absolutely. But friend, mm-hmm. when I tell you I enjoyed Marceau checking the fuck out of Tiffany and Lewis. <laughs> Lurch Lewis. Lurches. Listen. Lurch. All right. <laughs> What is wrong with you? What's wrong with him? (laughs) Let me say, friend, I wholeheartedly believe men and women should have safety amongst their friend circles. I believe that you should be able to talk to your circle of friends and it don't go no further than talking to your circle of friends. Even if it's something pertaining to your relationship. Because let's be honest, we don't know if Mar if Marceau planned to talk to Tisha after the trip or what. 
but he mm-hmm. should have had a right to deliver whatever information he deemed necessary to his wife without Tiffany and Lewis putting their toe in it. I agree. We do this all the time. We talk about this all the time amongst us. Keep it in the group chat. Hashtag keep it in our message. There are things that we have shared with each other that have never gone any further. We're never meant to be shared outside our group chat. And never will. Because you should be able to confide in your friends. Yeah. And I felt like Lewis and Tiffany then started gaslighting Marceau, talking about, well, if you wasn't hiding it, if you wasn't keeping it from your wife, y'all didn't even give him a chance to tell his wife any fucking thing. Right. And also, if, and also, to add to that, I mean, not to be rude, but who the fuck are y'all? <laughs> like, who the fuck are y'all? Like, y'all seriously. Are, y'all are a newlywed couple who has been married before. I don't need advice from you. Destiny, you seem to have a lot to say about when Marcel and Marceau told Tisha not, not here, not now. You didn't even make it two years in your marriage. Mm. Mel, love you dearly, sis. Love you, sweet pea, I do. But don't tell us what you wouldn't, would and wouldn't do because you stayed with Martel after you found out he was cheating on you multiple times with that woman. The first time. And also, when Martel was doing all the right things, he was still making outside babies. So, again, your input is not needed here. The only one that got some damn sense in this, to be perfectly damn honest, is Martel, because he shutting the fuck up. Yeah. Which is a damn shame. Absolutely. Like when Martel Holt is the smartest man in the room on one issue and one issue alone. I'm, Lord, please don't think I'm saying that man is intelligent. But when he is the smartest person in one situation in the room, that is a problem. That is a huge problem. Because all y'all ain't got the, you don't have the license to give Marcel or Tisha any kind of damn advice. Do they need some help and do they need some advice? Absolutely. That's what therapy for. Now, Tisha should not have done surprise therapy. But they absolutely do need help and counseling, but they need licensed professionals. They don't need y'all. Because Lord knows all y'all is a goddamn gaggle of goofies in y'all own right. A gaggle of goofies. Too far? Okay, cool. However, I did not lie. <laughs> At all. It's fucking hilarious. Y'all need to sit down somewhere. Well, and I'm sorry believe. if I'm being rude, but y'all need to sit the fuck down somewhere. I just, I really couldn't believe that Tisha allowed them to uh, get in her head to go against what Marceau stated plainly and clearly what he wanted. And that was that he just, I could tell that he basically was saying, we are not in a good enough place to be putting, having a vow renewal to keep up appearances. All right, to keep up with the Joneses, to perform. Like, girl, we we not on the same page. We don't need this. At we, all. We trying, need to be trying to work this out and figuring it out. At all. I think, uh, and I'm really tired of every time Mel and Martell in the same room, they got to make every fucking thing about them. 
I was gonna bring it up, bring them up, but in a different vein. But go ahead. <laughs> Mm-mm, go ahead, friend. Let's go on. get into it. I am. I mean, I do agree. With you. Like, I, I honestly am tired of both male and motel. Uh, for different, for separate reasons, but also them together. I'm just tired of both of the two niggas. But what I'm also tired of is everybody seemingly trying to force them to get back together. Ain't no damn team hope. Kimmy, I love you to death, but girl, shut the fuck up talking about it's a lot of couples that could renew their vows. Team Hope, girl, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I leave it at that, Kimmy, but shut the hell up. They are newly, they are recently newly divorced. And all after all that, them two motherfuckers literally were just arguing like cats and dogs two episodes in a row. Shut the hell up talking about they need to get back together. Shut up. It's annoying. Shut up. Exactly. Leave, leave, leave us and them alone. They are clearly two toxic motherfuckers that do not need to be together. They barely can damn co-parent. Shut up. They don't Please. need to get back together. Shut up. They don't. They don't. Now, y'all have got to. Y'all have got to let go of this goddamn patriarchal uh, stigma and rule that divorce, uh, that marriage is the end all be all, and that you know divorce is a, a stain and. You can just work it. Sometimes you just can't work shit out and motherfuckers get divorced. It happens. It's fine. Sometimes two mother... Listen, thank you. Sometimes two motherfuckers just do not need to be together. Martell Mm -hmm. and Mel are two motherfuckers that just do not need to be together. Let it go. Let it die. Please. Please. Shut up. That's all I had to say. Please leave us alone. Okay. It looks like next week, Mel and Martell are back arguing about custody of the kids. I think I'm going to be pissed off, but I hope the editing is just bad. But it looks like Martell is saying that when Mel has the kids, a majority of the time she has a babysitter because she's on the go. And he's saying if that's the case... He want custody because he don't want a babysitter raising his kids. Is basically his argument. And like you said, I hope... Go ahead. No, which, if that's the case... I don't see it falling saying, hey, instead of them always being with a babysitter, they could just be with me. But if you are gone the majority of the time and you too are using the babysitter, what the fuck is we talking about here? I Okay, so I agree with you. My only thing is his wording that's throwing me off because while you're right, if Mel is, you know, when she got the kids and she gone all the time, I, I agree with you. I don't see a problem in him saying like, hey, let me get the kids. Well, his wording throws me off and why he's coming off as a dumbass and maybe it's just the editing. Is this motherfucker saying, I don't want a babysitter to raise my kids. Nigga, a babysitter and a parent are two different things. <laughs> a babysitter is not raising your goddamn kids, nigga. <laughs> Words mean things. <laughs> a babysitter is what the fuck it is, a babysitter. A babysitter does not equal a parent. <laughs> At all. I know we black and I know a lot of us had to watch, you know, babysit our, you know, brothers and sisters and little cousins and shit. But nigga, being a babysitter is not being a parent. It's not at all. So again, I hope that's the editing because when I saw that, I was like, Martel, you can't be this fucking stupid. Because I like you like I was with him saying, Hey, let me, you know, while you doing your thing, let me watch the kids. I was with him until he said because he as a matter of fact, he he brought it up to to lurch to to Lurches, as you called him, he brought it up to Lurches and was like, I don't want a babysitter to raise my kids. And Lurches, stupid ass, agree with him. 
like which is again is why I call y'all a gaggle of goddamn goofy because Lord y'all stupid. So like I, I said, yeah, I I gotta see more from the editing because if we're talking about a case of uh babysitting and nannying to me can be totally different. Yeah. Like if you have a live-in nanny, somebody that's there overnight and shit like that, then okay, I can see the vision. Yeah. But somebody watching the kids while Mel is working is not reason to be like, I need, I need custody of my kids. Especially right. when you know, I've heard Mel say in the past that even Martel uses a babysitter. Yeah, I, yeah, he does, and I remember that. Yeah. So, like I said before, I jump the gun and say who right, wrong, and stupid. I gotta see. I got. I need more context. Because right I, now, from I this internet, I'm like Martel. You can't be this fuck stupid. Yeah, I need. I need a. I need context because right now, what y'all got going, it ain't giving. It's not giving at all. But that's it. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Lurches ain't on our TV screen. Lurches. That is hilarious. I'm just saying. We'll be back. We'll have three shows. No. We'll have four shows. Because you know what? Blacking Chicago is motherfucking back. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Damn, it is October. Damn, it is spooky season. Yeah. 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 So we'll be back with four shows. Love and hip hop ended just in time. All right. Get we'll that back. shit out of here. Bring, we'll be adding, we'll adding marriage boot camp to the Patreon. We'll be yeah, adding um, uh, the ugliest season of Ready to Love to the Patreon. <laughs> Ready to Love is back October 15th. I think they ugly, boy. They went to the homeless shelter and picked them niggas up. <laughs> what I tell you, um, what I tell you when they got down, posted that trailer and posted, listen, I when I seen, listen, what I tell you for, especially for the men, but even the women too, when I tell you people was calling them ugly for 48 hours straight. <laughs> it's back. Marriage boot camp, hip hop edition, it'll be back sometime in october so we'll be hey we're gonna be loaded up if you ain't subscribed to the patreon treat yourself five dollars red noise level gets you access to ratchet reloaded uh the woo wrap up with gary and be adding some other stuff to the patreon um i believe maybe like a little get grown up and maybe you know amongst adults discuss intimacy and things like that, that, you know, you could more or less be yourself, let your hair down behind the Patreon wall. Um, So treat yourself. Get ready to treat yourself. You deserve. Uh, and with that said, we out. We'll be back next week. Uh, Oh, our 200th episode is coming up. If you would like to come on and share some laughs with us, give us some of your favorite moments, both uh pre-Curtis, with Curtis, post-Curtis. We looking forward to that. Uh, the, road to two, the, damn food. the road to 200 has been long. Uh, we hope to have gotten to this point with Curtis by our side, but we always keep them in our pocket. Um, but we're hitting 200, and that's a big deal for us. Yes. 200. So if you, if you would like to be a guest, if you'd like to come on, um, let us know. We, we need to figure something out. 
maybe me and I don't know, maybe me and Jeremy get together and try to do uh, for our pay for the Patreon for the 200th episode for the Patreon. Maybe we do a a YouTube video or something. I don't know. We're going to figure something out. But 200 is a big deal for us because we we've been at it. We've been going strong uh, since what? 2017. Yep. Since 2017. So. Which not being funny, but that means. That in four years, 200 episodes, I'm gonna do the math. We have released damn near 50 episodes a year. Not including the selection of shades episodes, but that means we have released an episode almost every week. Yeah. For two years. That's a lot. That's a lot of content. We are only, we have only taken a break basically for eight episodes in these four years. Come on now. Don't play with us. We be here. But yeah, we'll see y'all back next week. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We thank y'all for the support. Um, keep listening. Keep clowning with us. Keep sending us gossip. Uh, because we're going to be adding a section to the show. We got some things coming up after we hit 200. We, but we'll talk about it at 200. So stay tuned. Maybe that's incentive. Stay tuned to episode 200. And check in and see how we'll be expanding Ratchet Ramblers. We out, niggas. Peace.